0: Welcome to the CEO Life Insights Podcast. Join us to uncover firsthand stories and insights from top executives, entrepreneurs, and disruptors. Gain unparalleled access to the pivotal moments that have sculpted their personal and professional success.
1: Kyle, how are you, man?
0: Great, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
1: well, I appreciate you being here. We talked earlier, you've been up since early hours talking and staying busy already. Uh, so tell us what you do. Tell us about you. What gets you up in the morning?
0: Yeah, my, my primary business is called TerraSlate. And of all things, we make waterproof paper.
1: Oh, and wow. when
0: I started this business. I had no idea what the market looked like, but now we have um, customers all over the world. We ship to every state every day. And uh, you know some of the notable customers are Whole Foods, Home Depot, all the branches of the U.S. military um every single one of you guys has held our products probably a hundred times um, you just didn't know it so like tons of restaurant menus in the civilian world and then military is like eh, our products are in all the combat jets and the tanks and the nuclear submarines that kind of thing
1: how in the world w- does one get into waterproof paper
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> the, the truth is, I was trying to replace lamination with something that was easier, faster, and that could be recycled. And so um, I had recently made an exit from a previous company and used some of that money to do some R&D for this. Um, originally, the chemical engineers didn't think this was a great idea. But after about 10 iterations, we got to a product that works great. You put it in a printer, you click print, comes out, it's waterproof, proof, and you recycle it when you're done. So really good, really good journey there.
1: So did you invent this?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Yeah.
1: That's so cool. I, and why this? I mean, why you could invent anything. Why? did I mean, obviously you have a background in skiing, which I want to get into because I absolutely love skiing, although I was near, not nearly at your level, but, but, but why waterproof paper? Why not something different?
0: I, I honestly have no idea. It was like a product that there was a market we were able to create and then kind of took off. So that's that's how I got into it. You know, I never, ever would have imagined I would grow up to be a paper salesman in a digital world, but like whatever, whatever makes money, you know, um, also have a, another company called the big Island honey company where we make uh really, really high end honey. Um, hmm. what's cool is this apiary is 2,500 feet up the side of a volcano in Hawaii and the the flowers that grow there grow in that really mineral rich soil and so you get this incredible honey uh it's wildly expensive but um but people love it and it it's it's totally different like it's it's white it doesn't pour it's like a spread really yeah well
1: i'm gonna have to try some of that out man that's yeah yeah, just chat me your address. okay yeah do they use it on in tea or on bread
0: or Tea. People use it anywhere, but the, like the place, the, my favorite way to use it is in tea because it's just like, it goes so well with the tea, but it doesn't overpower it. It doesn't, it's not too much uh, like sweetener, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So serial so entrepreneur, have you been starting companies your whole life or, I mean, you've obviously, you said you exited something.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, Right out of school, became a management consultant and then started a business on the side called Gorilla Tags ID Systems. Now, being from Colorado, we do a lot of outdoor stuff. And so what it was is something that you would wear on your wrist or uh, like a dog tags around your neck or lace it into your shoes. And it was a medical ID system where it would have your name, emergency contact and your medical history so that if if you and I went hiking on a 14 er you fell and bumped your head, uh, I would immediately know who to call um, to let them know, and then how to treat you when the, when the paramedics got there, um, made a successful exit on that. Um, and that kind of kicked off, um, a, an investment portfolio. So I started making investments in other companies. And then I started, uh, a company called Testline, that competed with Uber and Lyft. Um, that was a very expensive fail. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then, and then Terra well,
1: Kyle, one of the things that I'm I'm really excited about, uh, probably August of next of this year. I say next year. We're already in this year now. Um, we're going to do a a CEO Life Leadership Summit in San Diego. And one of the things I'm I got to tell you, uh, the folks I've been able to meet uh, in just the six months uh, of us launching this, uh, from all these different cities, from guys that built you know that own jet companies to uh, a guy that would be actually interesting to connect with in Tampa. He he does a paper business. It's not waterproof, um, but he buys all the scraps from like a, like a um, paper from like a Starbucks, et cetera, et cetera, puts them in paper bricks and sends them, sends them over to India and uh, wow. South uh, Korea, I think. But the folks I've met, uh, the the way they view the world and the way we can learn from one another, I just can't even wait to all gather together in one city, uh, share, learn, uh, grow together. I just got off with a guy that's, Serial entrepreneur with buying everything from automotive to um, dry cleaners and just operate. I mean, just all of these different things that people do. But, but Kyle, let me ask this question What's been a you just said a very expensive fail? What's been a big aha moment somewhere along the line where you go, Wow, that was a that was a game changing life lesson that I'll always take with me going forward in my entrepreneurial journey?
0: Yeah, good good question. So, I'm I'm Two and a half years into this three year um MBA program at MIT. Okay. And the first thing that they drilled through us in the first year was to put culture first. Mm. So they're like culture at almost any expense, take care of the people. Um and and I really like that. Like I implemented that and it's been incredible. Um, the the transformation you know we always had a good culture but it was I would call it culture by default you know we have good people so we have a nice culture but now we put a lot of effort into the culture and that goes a long way so for instance when we have a new hire I send them a 30 second video um, of me welcoming them to the team. And I send it to the, the new hire and whoever they put as their emergency contact. So I say like, Hey, Susan, you know, your husband, Mike just started here. We're really excited to have him working with us. He's going to be doing X, Y, and Z next time you're in the neighborhood, make sure you stop by, say hi, introduce yourself and take a tour. Um, so little things like that have gone a really long way. Um, and, and they're kind of fun too. You know, it's very inexpensive, but it, it goes a long way. It's funny. Um, People
1: don't, it's so easy to forget that, look, ground zero, we're human beings, period. So true. And it's uh, the last company I exited, I I created this thing called the 7E culture. And it was our 7Es that we had values on. But before we would do any call, we would say, like, if I was on with you right now, I'd say, Kyle, pick an arm between one and seven. And you'd pick a number and I'd read one of the E's. Every sales call, every client call, every internal call, it didn't matter. We read a value before we talked about business because we all were a values-based company. And I remember I was walking through DC with a, with another client and all of a sudden this woman like swings out the front of front door. and she goes, hey, you're the 7E culture guy, Right. And it had become such a thing where we did a lot of business in D.C., but it had been such a thing where it was like people talked about it, they they if they, it was, they noted about it because it was like how many software companies are known not for their software but for their culture, right. and it was it was it just it allowed us to thrive through a very chaotic uh, uh, COVID time. And I, oh, I'm man. a huge fan of uh, culture, believe it and and love hearing that, man. Absolutely let me ask you this last question before we go here. Why did you join CEO life? What do you want to, I always ask this, what do you want to get out of it? And
0: what are you going to give to it? So the reason I joined, um, I'm also a member of EO yep. and and I really like the, you know, the culture and the purpose of EO. So CEO life to me is just an extension of that. Like what more can I do? I'm yep. not, I don't have any interest in selling to, to the members. Um, it, it's more about sharing resources you know sharing like stories this is how i overcame this like hey what do you think on that who do you know in this industry oh you know i got a guy you know let me connect you with him he can solve that problem for you that's the kind of stuff that i like i'm a people person first and so like when there's an event i want to be there and ceo life sounds like it has those locally and nationally so that's my interest
1: well man it is uh it is growing like you wouldn't even believe every single day And uh, amazing men and women all around this country that are coming together saying the same thing. Hey, I want to meet other extraordinary humans that I can hear from, learn from, I can share back to. And uh, we're doing it, man. And it's exciting time.
0: That's awesome. Congrats.
1: Well, Kyle, thanks for making time and just sharing, dude, who you are. We can't wait to get to know you. I'll be out in Denver soon. And I can't wait to share time with you. And just thank you very much.
0: Rock and roll. Thanks, brother. Nice to meet you. Me too.